It is good to be together. We have a good father, and it's good to be together in his presence, and it's good to be get to just together with each other as we, as we worship him and, and learn this morning together. I, my name's JR. If we haven't met, I'm the next-gen pastor here at LCC, and I have a couple of things that you need to know. Number one is, in two weeks, we're having a Christmas Eve service at 10 a.m. right here. That's 10 a.m., not p.m. It's in the morning, and that's different, but it's at 10 a.m. in the morning right here, okay? Uh, and also, RELC, our host church here, is having their Christmas Eve service at 7 p.m., and they invited us all to come back for that that evening as well. We're going to worship together this morning. We've got the kids in here with us, and so we get to worship as families together. That's an intentional thing we do because we think modeling what worship looks like for kids is important. So they'll be here with us. Invite them as we uh, worship through song and through prayer this morning. Um, we're going to start a brand new series today as well called Not Home for the Holidays. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. But right now, would you stand up with me? And we're going to sing together. It's good to be here singing these songs to God together with you all this morning. And we just sang some of these words. I'm just going to repeat them. Joy to the world. Joyful, joyful, we adore thee. Hearts unfold like flowers before thee. Come, let us adore. The Savior is with us. Now behold his glory. All the earth rejoice for Christ is born. That is true. Amen. Amen. We want to continue our worship this morning through joyful prayer, praising, thanking, and glorifying God for sending his son, Jesus, to be with us. Let's all look to our left and to our right and acknowledge the people around. You may know some of them. You may not. And that's great. We want to encourage you to get into groups of two, three, four, five, ten people. It doesn't matter how big. And lift up simple prayers of thanks to our God this morning. We'll give you guys about four minutes to do this, and then the band will begin another song of worship, and I'll close this in prayer. All right, look to the people next to you. Form a group, and out of an abundance of joy, say prayer of thankfulness to God for sending his son, Jesus.
God, we, we thank you for bringing us together weekly. God, you tell us it's good for us to be together, and it is. We know it, we feel it. God, we thank you for this time that we've had so far to even sing and just pray together to glorify you, to lift up your name, the name that is above all names. We praise you, Emmanuel, God with us. We praise you, Jehovah Jireh, God, our provider. And in this moment, God, we thank you for sending your son. And we pray that that gift is not something we take for granted this holiday season. God, let us be a light to those around us as we celebrate Jesus' coming, as we celebrate Christmas. Help us to point to you when people ask about where our joy comes from and where our hope comes from. We praise all this in your name. Are we okay? Up there, sorry. <laughs> okay, okay. There it is. Okay. Whew. I was worried we were, I was going to have to do this whole thing without, without these. Um, so, um, so, um, but, but I, I, like, my family, uh, my family had a pool. Um, again, not bragging. Uh, everybody in Florida has one. Um, so we grew up with a pool. But I can remember swimming on Christmas Day, right? But I also very vividly remember um, in, in 1997, the Christmas of 1997, when I first became a resident of Columbus, Ohio, and how Christmas felt. And it felt very different, right? Some of it was, was honestly, it was like the climate change. Some of it was the fact that, that I was living a thousand miles now from where I'd grown, where I'd grown up. But it was, it was just, it was a different experience. And, um, and we thought that it might be appropriate this Christmas for us to do this series that we're calling Not Home for the Holidays. Because um, also right then, around 1997, um, some of us, we, we, we came to this place, Life Community Church. And, and several years later, we, we, um, we set up like on, on Cemetery Road. And for the first time in about 20 years, we won't have our Christmas uh, in that location. Now, we serve a, a great God who's amazing, who, who is everywhere, right? Amen? He's here with us. But, 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 but it just, there's something like... Maybe, maybe we, some of us are feeling it more than others, but it just feels a little bit different. It feels a little bit different. And so thematically, we're going to talk about like, be, not being home for the holidays, right? Like, like we're going to talk about being on the go for the holidays and what that means. And we're going to start by doing something as, as a group, okay? If, if you look at your feet, under your, under your chair, there's a, there's a card and a pen, maybe, we had to spread them out a little bit. If there's not one under yours, there should be one near you, okay? And if, if again, if, if you don't have one, if there's not enough to go around, right around here, I promise there's more, and I can even, if you don't have one and can't get one, even wave your hand at me, because I've got some up here. I'll be glad to walk back and share with you, okay? But this is what we're going to do, okay? This has, been, this has been a really amazing uh, thing here at, at RELC. Oh, thank you, Sandy. This has been a really amazing thing, um, that, that for the last five months plus, the, the people here at RELC 
have moved out of this space so that we could meet here. Okay? So in some ways, they've moved out of their home so that we could have a place to be through this season. And we're going to ask everyone this morning, okay? We're going to ask everyone this morning to, to say something about, about um, this, this season. And if you're brand new with us this week, welcome, okay? Um, but, but we're going we're gonna to try this together. And, and uh, just a prompt that we put together, uh, just under your seat, we'd like you to write a note to our brothers and sisters at RALC. Just a note to thank them and encourage them. Um, Lisa Simon started this with some cards in the lobby a few weeks ago. We want to continue it. We thought it was such a great idea. We just want to all do it, okay? And so we're, we're going to ask that, you, that, that we want to encourage them in their generosity, right? We want to encourage them that thank you for what you've done. Um, so if you would do, take, we're going to just take a couple minutes here. There's no music, no nothing. Like, we're just going to take a couple minutes. Would you write a note, and, and maybe if you need help getting started, you can finish this thought. What you have provided, we're going to write this to them. What you have provided for me personally since we have been away from home is, okay? Does that make sense? All right. <laughs> what, what you have provided for me personally since we have been away from home is this, okay? So we're just going to, I'm just going to give you a, a couple minutes to, and, and you don't have to finish it in these couple minutes. If you're struggling, okay? If you're struggling, that's fine. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, in a few minutes, I'm going to start talking through the word, and that's when the great idea will come to you. I won't be offended at all if you continue your note at that point, okay? But yeah, what you have provided for me personally since we've been away from home is what? If you would just write a note of encouragement to them, thanking them for their generosity during this season, and we're going to share these with them.
very cool to see you still even thinking through this and writing and processing as a, as a school teacher who asks students to do things and they stare at me blankly. I appreciate you. Okay, like I said, if, 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 if you don't have all of your thoughts there, it's fine, okay? Um, you can continue to write as we begin, or if you want to set it aside for a minute and pick it up in a few minutes, and what we're going to do with those is you can just leave those, when we, when we exit this morning, you can leave those on your seat or on the floor next to your chair. We'll gather them up, and we're going to share them with them um, during, during the holidays here, okay? So, so again, thank you, thank you for doing that, okay? Um, so in, in the Christmas season, we, we really, we pause to look at, at, at a form of God's goodness, and, and it's, it's a form that we spent this last series in the book of Matthew looking at these different questions, and, and just last week we looked at, we looked at like God's presence with us through Jesus, that he will not leave us. And, in, and at Christmas time, we look at sort of the beginning of the fulfillment of that promise, right? The coming of Jesus into the world, and so it's God's goodness through, through the Son coming to live with us, to be one of us. And, um, and it's not the Christmas season without reading Luke chapter 2, right? So this is going to be uh, where we're going to start this morning. We're going to look at several passages. But, but I just want to read through this, this familiar passage, and we're going we're to anchor on one thought that's in here, okay? And it says, in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So there's this this moment where there's a great migration. People are moving about the the Roman Empire. It's a sort of a, a, um, it's a little bit unnatural because we don't think of a census being done this way, a a head count being done this way. But it was was an external uh, force that was put upon people to say, like, even if you don't want to move, you've got to move right now. Yeah, you've got to go to, to, um, to your own town to, to sign in, to register. Okay? And it goes on in verse 4, and it says, so Joseph, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. So Joseph goes from north to south, okay? um, and I, um, you know, I can imagine spending, like, living here and going, like, down to Florida uh, for Christmas times over the years to go home, to have my home for the holidays. I know what that's like, okay? Um, but, but Joseph goes, he goes south from, from, the, from his, the town where he had taken residence, but down to, to Bethlehem, because Bethlehem is, is where his ancestors had come from, okay? Where his ancestors come from. Verse 5. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. I think that the... the Order of events is, is, is well documented, right? That, that um, Mary had conceived a child through the power of God's spirit, okay? And, and Joseph wanted to, to not follow through on his commitment to marry her, but, but, but an angel spoke to him in a dream and told him to, to, to keep this commitment, and so he did. But notice this too. I think sometimes in our idealized version, they had a, a very quiet wedding in Nazareth, but, but Luke tells us, okay, that even as they made the journey to Bethlehem, they weren't, they weren't quite married yet. Okay? They weren't married. They were pledged to be married, but they weren't married. Okay? Verse 6 says, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. 
And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. There was no room in the inn, right? There was nowhere for them to stay. It says, while they were there, okay? I don't know how long they were in Bethlehem. We, again, our, our versions of this have them like racing down the, 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 the path from, from Nazareth to Bethlehem and getting there just in time for her to deliver. We don't know if that's necessarily the case, okay? They may have been there for a while, lingering. And while they were there, she gives birth to the child. It's fascinating as well here that they're just in noticing certain things. In verse 7, it says, she gave birth to her firstborn, which is a very strong statement. Because in the ancient world, and especially in first century Judaism, the sons were, especially the sons, were known as being the sons of their fathers. And so identifying Jesus as the firstborn son of Mary is a statement about, about his, his, his uh, lineage, his parenting. So it's Joseph goes, but it's, it's Mary's child, okay? It's Mary's child, at least according to the text here. And then we know the, the story, right? They don't have the, the fanciest things. They're, they're, they are not in a comfortable position. They wrap him in these cloths, and they lie him in a manger, in a, in a trough for feeding the animals because there just wasn't anywhere for them to stay. There was nowhere for them to stay. But the thing we want to camp on, and the thing that we think is, is, is at the center of what we're trying to, we want to, we want to speak on these next few weeks as we, as we go through this Christmas season, is this idea that they weren't home for the holidays. You see, Jesus, it says he went up, um, because he went up in elevation. But, but Joseph, I said, geez, Joseph went up. He went up. He left. He was on the go. God used, like, like geopolitical factors. There was, there was an emperor who wanted a head count of all the people. Okay? He had his own human, well, I'm going to assume, selfish reasons for doing that, for disrupting the lives of everyday people. But God was at work in moving Joseph and Mary and the child Jesus to the place where God wanted them to be. So it said there in verse 4, Joseph went up. Joseph went up. Joseph, Joseph went. He didn't have to. We know that he didn't have to. He had a choice. He had choices to make. There was ridicule and shame affiliated, associated with, with, with marrying this woman who had a child who was, who was already pregnant and what all that meant, the scandal behind it. This was, this was a difficult path. Like just, we, again, to, to go in, in that world, to go from the, the north to the south in the country was not an easy path. They obviously had no idea where they were going to land when they got there. They didn't have, there was no Airbnb waiting for them right? There wasn't even a camper that they could haul, okay? They just had to go, and so they did. Joseph went. He went. God was about to fulfill his promise to mankind. He was about to, 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 to move in the world in a way that was going to make it possible for all people to be, made, to be made right with him. But before it happened, Joseph had to go, Joseph had to go. The road they traveled was dangerous. It wasn't easy. 
They were alone, impoverished, but they were not home for this holiday, right? They weren't home for this holiday. And this is what God does. This is what God does. It's what God does when, when he's on the move, okay? When God is on the move, when he's doing something big, he sends his people. He sends the right people to move with him. It's it, these people who, who go with God when he's on the move are the people that God uses to change the world, and it's always been this way. It's always been this way. Not being home for the holidays has always been the way that God has moved through his people. Let me give you some examples. Okay? There's some famous ones in the scriptures. But going back to the beginning, really, of the story of God with his people, in Genesis chapter 12, look at what God says to Abram before he was even Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, it says, The Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people and your father's household, to the land I will show you. Not a Christmas story, okay, that we know, except it's a Christmas story in spirit. Get up and go to where I'm going to show you. Yeah, but where am I going? Like, I'm, I'm planning a road trip for this summer, and I literally have mapped it out dozens of times, right? God says to Abram, get up and go. Get up and go. This is, he says it again to, to, to Jacob a couple generations later. In Genesis 35, he says, God said to Jacob, go up to Bethel and settle there and build an altar there to God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. He says, get up and go. Go to this place. At least, at least Jacob there got a, got a destination, right? Get up and go to this place. Yeah, but, but I got a home here. I got, I got, things, I got things cooking. I got, I, got, I got deals waiting. I got people that I'm connected to. Yeah, I know. Get up and go. Go to the place that I'm going to tell you. And, and, and Jacob didn't, uh, he wasn't uh, off the hook even later on in uh, Genesis 46. God says to him again, I, I am God, the God of your father. He said, do not be afraid. Go down now. Go down to Egypt, for I will make you a great nation there. Go again. I moved you once. And now I'm telling you, go again. Go again to this foreign land. Don't worry. I've got it when you get there. And complementary to what we talked about last week here, he says, I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. I will go down to Egypt with you, and I will surely bring you back again. God promises to go with Jacob. But he says, but he says go. You have to go. You have to pack up, and you have to go. Right? I'm going to do something. And in order to do it, it requires you going to Egypt. And here's the thing for Jacob, too. Jacob died before he was returned. There's a long story about Jacob's death and his bones being taken back, right? He did return, not in, this, not in his own lifetime. God kept the promise through other people obedient. But that's Genesis 46. And then, then hundreds of years later, hundreds of years later, the people, are, they're in Egypt and, and then they're, they're freed from their slavery, their bondage in Egypt, and they're getting ready to enter the land that God had promised to them. And Moses calls the people together, okay? And he speaks these words through, through God. Moses summoned Joshua. Joshua was going to be the next leader to follow Moses. Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, be strong and courageous for what? You must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give to them. You must go. 
you must go. If, the, if, if God's work is going gonna, is gonna to move, you've got to go. If God is going to do something, you've got to go. He goes up, he says, this land, you're going to divide it, uh, you must divide it amongst, amongst the, them, the descendants in their, as their inheritance in verse 8. And it says this, again, call back to last Sunday, but, but the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged. But go. Go. It's the other side of the promise. Again, we finished our Matthew series last week by looking at the, the truth, the reality that those who trust God, he will ne- he's never leaving you. He's never leaving you. But he is often going to say, I'm on the move, and you need to go. You need to go with me on the move. See, God has always moved people from their home. It's always happened. He's always moved them. Throughout all of history, he's moved them at meaningful times for his purposes. He's moved them at... At, at times of his choosing for his purposes, he says to people, it's time to go. We've got to move. We've got to move. And I just want to call out four things sort of true of these passages that we've already looked at. Four things that are true about God on the move. And the first thing is this. He's going to ask you to go with him. Now, I know God is everywhere, right? Like we, That's one of the fundamental truths we believe about God. God himself doesn't travel, right? He just is everywhere. Fair enough, okay? But as God moves to do his work, sometimes that movement of his work, it is taking place in different spots. And he's moving his people to those spots, putting them in place so that the work he's going to accomplish is done through those people. And he says to them, this is what it means to follow me now. Get up and go. It's time to go. But he's going to ask you to go with him. He's not sending us alone. He's not sending us alone. Get up, but get up and go. It's time to go. The second thing is that he moves us from comfort and safety. He moves us from comfort and safety. Abraham was comfortable when God came to him and spoke to him. The road that that Joseph had to go when he got up and went was not a safe or comfortable road. He had to walk it. He had to go, but it was not safe and comfortable. God, his movement, it moves us from comfort and safety. And I I say safety in quotes there because, because really it's the perception of safety, isn't it? It's not really safety. It's this idea that we believe we can sort of hold our own lives together if we just have enough or, or we have the right net, net you know, safety net around us. But the fact of the matter remains that, that with God and in a precarious place is, is safer than without God and in a not precarious place, right? So he, he says, look, you may be comfortable and you may feel secure, but I'm about to do something, and you need to move. In order to do it, you need to move. The third thing I just want to point out about this is that God doesn't do small things. Okay? God doesn't do small things. We tend to think of certain things God's asked us to do as just these little things. That's just a, it's just a little thing, helping that person doing that thing. 
God, you're telling me to go do this, but I don't feel like it's that big a deal to, to go over and help them rake their leaf. I, I feel that urge, that prompt. God, you're, I know that you're pushing me to send that encouraging message to somebody, but it's just such a small, little insignificant thing. What's the big deal if I don't? Because we've got, we have the idea about God's movement being, being big and small. We've got it all wrong. You see, there are no small moves with God. He doesn't do small things. He's asking us to move in all of these different ways. And here's the, the, the difficult thing for us to just grapple with. They're all big. He's, he's doing big things in ways that to you and I seem like they're very small. But he's, he's moving and he's inviting us to go with him. And the fourth thing that I want to pull out, and this really comes out of Jacob's story, is that he doesn't stop moving. God, God doesn't say like, oh, yeah, and Tom, in 1997, I moved you to Columbus. Therefore, cross that off your list. I'm never going to ask you to move again. And I'm not even just talking geographically or physically. Right? God doesn't stop moving. He doesn't like get you into a place and go, my work is done here. I got you to move, right? He keeps moving. And sometimes, he, like Jacob, he, he tells us to get up and go to Bethel. And then years later, he says, now it's time to get up and go to Egypt, right? Like, God is not, has not determined that your, your life is one act, or even two acts, or three, or four. He is asking us to go, to move. He's, he's leading people and pushing them and prompting them. And each of those is an opportunity to say yes to him in it. Every one. No, no smaller than the, than the last. He's asking us to move. So this idea of God's movement. Okay, we see it in the scriptures. We see it in, in what he did with Joseph. He says, look, this, this big moment is coming. The first Christmas, okay, before we even called it Christmas, but the first Christmas, Joseph, you gotta go. Now, I don't know that necessarily Joseph could have avoided it. Okay? Maybe they could have. I'm not sure all the details of census taking in the first century. Okay? Maybe he could have stayed put and pretended my guess is they didn't have really great DNA records to, you know, keep track of these things, but I'm just guessing at that, okay? But he goes because that's what had to be done, and the first Christmas was spent not at home. They weren't home for that holiday, okay? And the end of Jesus' story, we see this again. We see this again, and again, this is a great bookmark if you were with us last week. To, to, in, in our head. We looked at this from a little different angle last week. But, but in the Gospel of Matthew, okay, in the Gospel of Matthew, we're going to see how this, what this looks like from in, in, in the words of, of Jesus, right? In Matthew chapter 28, at the very end, look at what's said to the followers of Jesus, to his disciples. Therefore, and that therefore is a huge therefore, right? <laughs> therefore, all of these things that, that are true in my life. Therefore, you followed me to, to my death, betrayed me, have come back to me in my resurrection. Therefore, you believe in me as your Lord. Therefore, go. Go. 
Like, which ones? Just, he, he's talking just to one or two there, right? That's just for Peter. Maybe James John. Maybe. No, therefore, go. Go. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Go and do this thing. Go and help others follow me. Go and help others walk in my way as you walk in my way. Go. Go and make disciples. Teach them, he goes on, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And here's the promise again that we saw him make. We, we looked at it last week, but we saw him make to the first people who followed him when he said go, right? I am with you always. Jesus says, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Like, you can't, you can't go on long enough that I'm going to leave you. So go. Go with me. I'm going to bring the, call the band back up. We're going to um, kind of reflect in a song in a minute. <clears throat> but when God is on the move, right? When God is on the move, like, where do we go? How do we know? Well, it's pretty simple, right? God is telling us, go across the street, right? Go across the street. You don't know where to go? Start there. College students, home for break, go across the hall. Go, go there. I guarantee you he's asking that much of each one of us. Go across the street. At work, go across the hall. High school students, at lunch, go across the cafeteria. Go. Go there. That's, he's, I know he's asking us at least that much. Go across town. Who's across town? I don't know who it is for you. But here's the thing. I know this much. There may be people across town that you're, you're at odds with, you have a conflict with. Go make it right. I know he's asking that of us. Go ask their forgiveness for your part. Go, right? You may be distanced from family. Go. Go across the country. God may be moving you. He may be moving you to participate. To participate in his work in a different place. If he's asking, go. We love you here. We're not trying to get rid of you. But if he's asking you, you've got to go. And he does ask. He does ask. But Tom, I have a good job and I'm really comfortable in it. I, you know, I'm sorry. God's movement, it takes us out of comfort, out of safety. What will I do when I get there? I don't know exactly. But I know that if he's pushing you to go, we have to go. Right? What about go across the world? That's to the ends of the age. To go tell all the world. Go. Like, is he maybe pushing you, prompting you to go to Honduras with us? Go. Don't sit back and like, I don't know if I can get. Go. Go. Say yes. Is he, is he pushing you to consider like really the world of, of missions and going to, to, to reach people who, who don't know his name, go. Tr yes, try it first. Yes, walk through it with people to help you determine, but, but go, begin, go. Take that first step.
He goes with you. He goes with you. So go. Go. Right? We're not, don't, don't get comfortable with home for the holidays. God moves people. He moves people. And he moves them now. Right? Don't wait. Don't wait. God moves people. And he moves them now. So we're going to just hear a song to reflect. Um, It's not, I mean, feel free to sing if you want. It's not one we know, okay? But I just ask them to to just play through this and sing this for us, and I'm going to pray before they do. God, thanks for uh, the opportunity again to open your word and to to hear from you. We, um, We know that you do move and that you are on the move, and I confess that I really, um, I really like my comfort and I, um, I admit that, um, that I would just as soon you not um, be asking me to go. Um, God, would you, um, would you unsettle us? Would you, would you push us? Would you continue? I thank you for your patience with me, but would you continue to, to push and nudge um, and soften me towards those around God, help us to to recognize your voice and to go. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we thank you for this call that you've given us today to follow you. God, when everything in life feels like it's changing, we're thankful that you are immutable, that you are unchangeable. You are the same God you were yesterday, and you'll be the same tomorrow. Give us the strength and the courage to follow you and to just go, to listen to you, to be with you. We ask this in your name. Amen. Great to be here with you. Um, Man, what a great message. And it's great to even remind ourselves as we're away from home right now that when we do go back, we're not going back to what was, right? We're going back to what God is going to do next, the new things that he's going to do. It's not just about a building. God's got new things in store, and uh, being displaced in this time is just a reminder that he's up to something here, and uh, we're excited. So uh, before we go today, in fact, if you want to stretch for a second, go ahead, because I know I want to keep your attention, all right? So let me do just a quick family update on on giving and the building to kind of keep you up to date. First of all, we give because we want to fulfill our vision to bring people into relationship with Jesus Christ, right? And to grow with other people. That's why we have a budget. That's why we give. So let me share some things about the budget first. Just so you know, if you're new here, these these are going to be some reminders, but um, our budget year, there it is right there. Oh, go back one. Sorry. I double hit it. Okay, there it is. Um, our budget year runs from July 2023 to, to uh, June 2024. Uh, this is a weird year with, this, with the fire that happened on July 9th. Um, so let's update where we are through November 23rd. Uh, in July, we set our monthly budget at $50,000. Um, our current giving is at, f- uh, for the last, since July, is uh, $44,788. Our expenses have roughly been $41,244. 
That's a good thing. Um, it's been lower because we're not in a building. We're not paying expenses that are part of the building. Uh, when we resume, our expenses are going to be higher, and we're going to need to increase our giving to match those. And so with that said, I really want us to, to work together as a family to meet our budget, which is $50,000. That's what I'd like for us to work together. That's going to continue for us to, to meet the expenses that we have with missionaries we support, with the salaries, with health insurance, with building insurance, which is probably guaranteed to go up, right? Utilities, um, expanding opportunities to the community too. So everything in this budget I refer to, we call our general budget. That's our general budget, all right? The best way you can help is to give. Give generously, give regularly. If you give, consider setting up recurring giving. I wanna tell you as a staff and leadership team, it helps us so much to be able to plan. Um, consider the amount you are giving. We know, and we have a whole document on this, right? The, the Old Testament, the principle was tithe, right? 10%. In Christ, I believe we look to be more generous. We, we ask the question, God asks us, what are we doing with what we've been given? It's an important question to consider. So I just want to ask you just to pray about that and where you're at with that. If you're not giving, I'm just going to ask you, search your heart and address that issue of why you're not giving. If it's Because it is, it's a heart issue, it's a trust issue. God wants us to give and not just give, he wants us to find the joy that comes in giving. As we grow, we just, we become more generous. That's what he did for us, we, we live out of that. Um, so that's a little bit about the budget. Let's talk about rebuilding. So again, we had a fire on July 9th, significant fire. That's why we're here right now. Um, if we go back to the Old Testament in Exodus 35, Moses um, received a word from the Lord to take an offering, right, from the people at the time. They were going to build a tabernacle. And it says here in Exodus 35 that the people's hearts were moved and all who were willing, men and women alike, came and brought gold jewelry of all kinds, earrings, rings, ornaments. They presented their gold as an offering to the Lord. The leaders brought onyx stones, I don't even know what that is, and other gems. All the Israelite men and women who were willing brought to the Lord free will offerings for all the work the Lord had commanded them to do. That was back then. Today, we are the body of Christ, and in a similar way, we tackle things together. And there are things that are outside of our general budget that we just shared that come up from time to time that we need to address. Back to in October, I shared a couple of these. One is a need and another is something we'd like to do. We see opportunity, okay? The first need, I'm just going to share it again, is the parking lot, that beautiful parking lot that we have that we need to update. The second is I shared back in October too, this opportunity to, to build out our where, warehouse space um, we can, we can rebuild it. We can use it for the community. Um, we can save. Also, there's opportunities to save money uh, by spending money now and doing some upgrades. Uh, but, but we would really like to, to do, do some upgrades and to build out this space if possible for us, for the community center, and so on. Now, we set up a separate fund for this. It's called the Building Fund. And we set a rough number back in October. This is a rough number, right? It's $550,000, almost half of which it looks like is, is a parking lot. Um, we currently have $36,000 in our building fund. Um, some of that came from the fact that we didn't finish the roof. 
because we had a fire, and now insurance is taking care of that. Thank you, insurance. Uh, some has come in recently, so thank you for those of you who've, who've given. And as we approach the end of the year, we want to encourage you just to pray and consider giving to this. Um, we are a nonprofit, so uh, if you give to this building fund or the general fund, it's tax deductible. Now, $550,000 is a lot of money. That's a lot of money, but we're trusting that God will provide it. And from the past, we've seen it's not always the way that we think. And this is already happening. Here's the great thing, right? Because, see, we can, we can actually invest now in that, that multi-purpose room by saving money as we're rebuilding right now. We've been looking, our staff, leadership team, have been looking at ways, uh, just basically what we actually need when we go back and what are things that we don't need as much. And, and the things that we don't need to put back, we receive, we'll receive funds for those because the insurance pays back to put it back. And if we don't want to put something back, then they'll give us a percentage of that money. Let me give you an example. I think I've shared this with some of you. We had, um, if you remember the youth room, we had a raised level in there. And for a long time, we've not wanted to even put that, that raised level back. The fire comes, we get reimbursed, you know, to put that back. But we just decided we're not going to do that. And that netted, what was it, $20,000 or something like that? About $20,000. There's a handful of those kinds of things that we're, we're doing, and, and you'll see some changes as you come back, too. Um, and that's going to allow us to invest in other uh, opportunities that we've shared. So even some of the, the $550,000 you see there, we're, we're going to chip away at that in other ways, not just raising it in one general fund. So it's a delicate dance. It's a delicate dance, and it's very time-consuming. We have spent more time than you want to know considering all these possibilities. So pray for us because it's, it's, it's not done yet. Um, but here's another thing. With that $550,000, you can help us. Please listen to this. There are additional ways we can save money. Who likes to save money? Come on. Right? Um, so here's the thing. We are reaching our limits on what the insurance, we had $3.5 million, right? Believe it or not, we're reaching that limit, which is crazy, but that goes fast with cost code updates. We can help that money go farther and do more uh, by doing some things together. And so here's one thing that has to do with us saving a whole lot of money. So I'm going to let JR share with you. JR has been an amazing through this. He has been um, the mediator <laughs> to keep this thing moving forward. It's been a lot on his plate, so pray for him to encourage him because uh, it's not done yet. So tell us, uh, how can we save money? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, oh, wait, we've already saved money because, like, I've got – there's a couple guys, so I won't call them out, but that have been showing up, like, probably once every other week, once every three weeks to help pull networking cable. So in most situations, you would hire someone to do such things. But we've just been doing that. And there's been a team that's come in and patched drywall. We would normally pay to do things like that. So even before this, this other one. But we had this idea. So we have a lot of stuff. A lot of it got melted in the back. But for everything that wasn't and got cleaned, we have so much stuff. We currently have four storage units in Worthington and two more storage units in Powell full of our stuff that's ready to come back. And this all costs money. It costs money to store it, and it costs money to have them bring it all back and put it back. And uh, so we want to see if we can't get us rallied together to get it all moved back. Um, 
So, and, and the number is, so the number is $17,000 that it costs to move all of our stuff back. So $17,000 can be saved like with we, what we think is like one day of about, Lee, about 50 of us uh, kind of rallying together. If you're a math person, that's $48.60 an hour that you will be saving us for every hour you come spend with us. Um, and it's not just that because we're making, we want to get that stuff back early because every month we keep it stored, right, is... $4,000. Is $4,000, yep. okay? So the sooner we get it back, we save even more money. Yep, absolutely. So, so we've got a sign-up set up that I'm going to guess is going to be on my lcc.info soon, if it's not already. Um, 50 of us. We need 50 of us. There's multiple jobs to you can do. I won't get into all of it now, but yeah. Yeah. Okay, and there'll be more coming, right? I'm yes. sure along the road. All right, so let, let me give you a quick timeline. This is the most recent thing we've been told, all right? And I've told you... <laughs> This is fluid. This is fluid. Every day something changes. But uh, they said the tentative uh, rebuild completion dates for Kids Life is end of December 2023, which is this month. Uh, for the lobby, it's mid to end of January 2024, which is next month. And those two sections are, when those get done and we get the permission to move back in, we're going in. We're going in. I don't, we'll fit in there. We'll make it happen. It'll be fun, right? Um, auditorium youth area would be February, that's another month later of 2024, and then the offices and the food pantry, the warehouse space, August of 2024. That's the one that, if you've been, if you've driven by and seen it, it's completely off, the back third of the building. That's got to be completely rebuilt. That's why it's got to take a long time. So, general, let me just give you the takeaways, and then we'll, we'll finish up here. We're just going to ask, give consider giving. If you don't, or give, give to the general budget, right? As your heart moves, in fact, you can get on mylcc.info. That's what it looks like. Those are the two options. As your heart moves, give extra to the building fund. I would love, when all this is said and done, when the last check's been written, <laughs> first of all, we're going to like somewhere on a beach or something. For um, When it's all said and done, I would love for us to be able to have this, this parking lot done, and, and the, the warehouse room. And it looks like a mountain right now, but that's what I'm praying for, and I've seen God come through before. Um, and just consider, as you hear opportunities, to work together to, to make our money go farther. Consider jumping in. We really do need all hands on deck coming up. There's going to be a lot to do. And when, as we get back in, I want to ask you, pray now because I want to hit the ground running. <laughs> I know we're going to have to rest for a little bit, but I want to hit the ground running because I think God's got new things in store I don't want to miss. So pray for your heart um, to be all in now and when, when we get back in too. So can I just pray for us and we'll wrap it up? God, you are on the move. You know, there is something exhilarating and exciting about not actually being home. And Though it wears as time goes on, I know for all of us, we, we long for what was, but we can't go back. We know that, God. We can't go back to what was because you are a God who does new things. You are always moving, and we need to be ready to leave home in different ways as we go back in. So, God, I pray for uh, our hearts to be uh, hearts that are surrendered, that are listening, that are connected to your Holy Spirit so that we can see clearly 
where you want us to move and how you want us to move. So it just becomes natural for us to follow and to respond to your spirit. So we thank you for this, this message today, this reminder today of, of what life with you is about. And that's the life we want to live. And we all pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right. Thank you guys so much for coming today. And we'll be back soon. Have a great week in groups.